Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. We have the full crew assembled and a special guest. We have Nick from the Calcho guys, uh, normally covering Calcho, but he is Canadian, so we brought him on for our Gold Cup talk. Nick, how are you doing tonight? I'm not too bad. How about you guys? Good. Happy to have you on. Doing well, man. Absolutely. Long overdue. Uh, yeah, I'm not used to being on this side. I'm usually the one doing what Steve does. I'm usually the one introing, but... Uh, I guess it's good to change things up every uh, every so often. Ah, you're welcome to take over, man. <laughs> no, no. Lead, lead away. <laughs> yeah, so we're entering the second, I guess, major, quote-unquote, I guess some people will, you know, think of these tournaments different ways when, when you talk Nations League and Gold Cup. But the second major trophy in North America this summer, uh, pretty much the only continent that does two in the same year, you know, Europe and, and these other continents, spread them out a bit. So... It kind of changes the dynamic a little bit, I think. You know, the U.S. is coming off that win over Canada just about a week ago in the uh, Nations League final after beating Mexico in the semis. A little roster turnover, a lot for the U.S., a, a little bit for some of the other countries, I think will create a, a, a different dynamic. Just to give a little background on the tournament, this is the 2023 edition, the uh, 17th Gold Cup in CONCACAF history. Mexico's won eight, United States seven, Canada one. So... Only three teams in uh, this whole time. I know, our Nick, you you said you were surprised by the fact that nobody else has won it in the the, the tournament's history. Yeah, I figured at at some point in time, maybe somebody could have snuck in there: Costa Rica, Panama, um, Jamaica. Right? They they've made deep runs in the past, um, but I guess we're trying to put it out of our memory. Mexico has been pretty good in holding it down for the longest time. Right. I think as long as yeah. the four of us have, have been around and been watching it, right. It's only, it's only pretty recently that the U S and Canada have kind of taken the reins. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. I think we forget how dominant Mexico was in CONCACAF up until the past few years, because they've kind of by their standard fallen off a bit. And, uh, you know, the U S has always had their years too, where they've stepped up, um, and, and taking it too. And then I know Nick said Canada was 2000. So they, they, that was actually referenced during the uh, nation's league final the other night on Paramount that it has been 23 years since their only major trophy. And, but you're right. I think Costa Rica, they've had some really good teams the past few years, right. Made some world cup runs. And I think it's just a, a little bit of a different tournament and maybe it takes a little luck sometimes to make those deep runs and then run into a Mexico in the final when Mexico is full strength and, and, and beat them. Um, you know, the tournament generally is paid, played in the United States. I think it's been played in Mexico, probably, I'm, I'm sure, in Canada at some point. But the, the smaller islands don't really get to host either, I think, which puts them at a disadvantage. Uh, I was just I was just going to come in to say that. I was just going to say, I feel like every year, it's, at least it's in the U.S., if yeah. not a couple of games in Mexico, a couple of games in Canada. And I just pulled up the Wikipedia page. The host uh, looks like every single year was at least at least in the in the U.S., so. Yeah, and I feel like uh, whenever you're watching these games, like obviously, you know, these, uh, you know, Central American Caribbean teams, like they have following in the U.S., right? But like Mexico, like Mexican fans, they're they're out Home in games. numbers too. It's yep. it's crazy. I remember, uh, what was it, two years ago, semifinals, Canada played uh, Mexico. I want to say in Houston, I could be wrong. Like it, it was crazy how it, it felt like I w- it was like at the Azteca or something. Like they're they're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, that's why the U.S. goes to Columbus, right, when they play their qualifiers with Mexico, because it's one of the few places that they can get a pro-U.S. crowd. I mean, you <laughs> saw the the semifinal in Vegas the other day, U.S.-Mexico, sold-out stadium, raucous crowd, and then you go to the final against Canada, 
And I don't know what they sell, maybe 25%, 30% of the stadium it looked like on TV. And it's a big, big NFL stadium. So it just shows like Mexican crowds tend to to carry these matches in CONCACAF, especially in the United States too. Yeah, exactly. All right. So with that being said, those three countries are three of the favorites. We're going to talk about some of those favorites. Um, I guess we probably start with the U.S. You know, it's going to be a, a lot of roster turnover after they won the Nations League. Impressive Nations League wins against Mexico and Canada. But not you know many what, Coach, players are back. Before we go in, let, let's get Nick's thoughts on it. Obviously, I know I was talking to him offline. He was a little bummed out. What would you make of the final there, Nick? Uh, yeah, Nations League final, I was pretty disappointed. Um, I feel like with Canada, we, they really... I guess advertise this mentality of like first final in 23 years. Last time Canada, the men's side played in a final was a uh, 2000 gold cup, which is crazy to think about like no gold cups uh, final since obviously nations league. It's I think it was only a se- second, second year, right? Yeah. It was second only year. second edition. So these finals will probably start coming a bit more, but um, they really, they really, uh, if I could say shat the bed, um, it was, just tactically, they were just getting physically outmatched. Um, I don't understand why, you know, they started a defender like Scott Kennedy over Steven Vittoria, who's a regular on this in this lineup. Uh, they're both like tall defenders. They're physical defenders. But uh, Kennedy was just completely getting outmatched by um, by the Americans. And you saw that from the start. And uh, that's how both goals were scored. Um, and eventually Vittoria was subbed in. I don't know if he had a knock or whatever. That's why he didn't start. Even just uh, the formation, usually they do go for uh, kind of a 4-3-3 hybrid. They're kind of very fluid with their formation. But this game, they went uh, with a 3-5-2. Again, another player who regularly starts, Sam Atacubi on the bench, uh, which put all the pressure on uh, Alfonso Davies. That that was one of the strengths with Sam Atacubi. When he starts uh, on the the left side, it kind of frees up some space for Alfonso Davies or frees up some space for uh, Atacubi who's a decent player himself. He plays in Turkey. Uh, and yeah, they were just like John Herman just got it wrong. He just got it wrong once again. And right. Reminded me of the Croatia game in the world cup where he started two midfielders against poss- possibly the best midfield in the world, the best midfield tr- trio in the world. And uh, yeah, it was disappointing because th- like Canada was never in it. And right. yeah. obviously I was hoping, I was hoping to see a win, right? I know it's nation's league, but no, I feel like a win. Yeah, for CONCACAF, like, Nations League is worth more than, you know, UEFA Nations League, per se. Like, if Canada won, they this would have been massive. But at the same time, like, like I believe in any sport, a team has to lose. in order They have to learn how to lose in, in order to learn how to win, right? So, you know, Canada going to the World Cup, losing three games, losing this Nations League final. Now, you know, they, they have the experience of playing in a World Cup. And they have the experience of losing in a final. So, uh, you know, this is just a step on the road, I guess. You know, looking forward to this Gold Cup. If they reach a final, hopefully it'll be it'll, it'll be a, a learning experience for them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if I could draw a parallel to club, to club soccer, we kind of said that about AC Milan two years ago. They got back in Champions League for the first time. Um, took their lumps and then this year they kind of showed up and obviously they they made it all the way to to the semis they were you know one i don't know one match away really it is you know a 2-0 win would have put them into the final so i, I think i can see that that being the case for canada here as well yeah even uh man city think about it they lost in the champions league final two years ago yeah. 
come back and, and win this year. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, agreeing with Nick, like when you go out there, you play to win, right? Especially if you look at the, the way these nations looked at the – the nations league and versus the gold cup, the rosters were, were stronger for the nations league. So to me, like as a U.S. fan, I'm looking at that as that's, that's the tournament I want to win because that's where the marquee names are for the U S and, and same for Canada. Like you don't see Jonathan David and you don't see Alfonso Davies on this gold cup roster. Right. So Canada, I would imagine from a Canadian perspective, you get to a final with those guys and you're like, this is our best chance to win a final probably. The one thing that has to be said too, it's it's a two game tournament versus uh you know this is going to turn into yeah. what a, a seven eight hopefully eight game tournament for these teams. Um, but I, I think the point still stands. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that I think the reason why players like David and Davies played was because it it's now like the Gold Cup. It goes until July, and you know they just came off a long season. They played Champions League. They play twice a week, mm-hmm. and you know they weren't at the Gold Cup two years ago, and it's. It's just, it's a matter. I'm, I'm sure Bayern and Lil they have uh, a say too, you know. Especially Jonathan David, like he, he might transfer this season. He doesn't want to go to the, the, the Gold Cup and get injured against Guadeloupe and, sure. and, yeah. and miss out on his big opportunity for a big transfer. And the other thing too, I mean, a lot of these guys were in the World Cup, right? Like this was a, a yeah. super long year. We, we forget about it because it was in the middle of the season, right? So they played half their club season, a World Cup the other half of their club season. Now you're asking them to come to these tournaments. So exactly. it's a lot of football. Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess, like I said, we'll start with the U S kind of just look at what their roster looks like. A lot of MLS guys um, just go over the, the odds quickly to, to give perspective. Uh, the U S is not favored by the books. It's Mexico plus plus one sixty, U S plus plus one seventy five. That's followed by Costa Rica at plus 500 Panama plus a thousand Jamaica and Canada plus 1400. So Canada not getting, uh, maybe as much respect as we would have thought from the books. And then it's Honduras at plus 2,500. El Salvador way back there at plus 5,000, rounding out the top eight, maybe the potential quarterfinalist uh, nations. So U.S., like I said, turnover. You know, the only guys that are really around that are big names from Europe right here in this roster that really it's the one, it's it's Matt Turner, the keeper, who just coming off the uh, the award for best keeper in the Nations League tournament. Otherwise, it's, it's heavy MLS, uh, a couple – guys who play in Europe that are with uh, lesser roles in the national side, Brian Reynolds, who's at Westerloo right now in Belgium on loan from Roma. Uh, Gianluca Busio, who's with Venezia, was in Serie B this season. He was part of the uh, Gold Cup team that won the tournament a few years ago. Um, and then it's uh, Mihalovic at uh, AZ Alkmaar. Otherwise, everybody else pretty much is MLS-based. A lot of guys that you would recognize from past cycles, Jordan Morris, um, you know, uh, and then... Who else we got over here? Matt Miazga and, and some of those players, Aaron Long, those, those type of players, DeAndre. DeAndre Yedlin, Yedlin for his 19th Yedlin. tournament. Yeah, so he, he's the guy with the, the experience, 78 caps, Morris 52. What do you guys make of this U.S. roster when you see it? Is this a team that is going, that, you know, maybe deserves to be favored? Do you think second favorite is where they belong? Is it yeah. a disappointment if they don't, if they don't take it? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off just from an odds perspective. Mexico does not deserve to be a favorite of anything. Uh, we've talked about it on the show for probably two years now. Mexico is going through probably the worst period in their history, at least that we can remember. They stink. They should not be favorites. Um, what I like about this U.S. roster is we're smack dab in the middle of the MLS season, right? We're about a quarter of the way through. So um, taking guys that are in form, Probably a good thing at this point. 
Um, you know, I know, listen, a lot of the other teams have guys from the MLS too. It's not necessarily a massive advantage, but uh, these guys aren't coming in cold for the most part. I think that's definitely a plus. Um, I- I'm really interested to see how guys like Vasquez, um, who's, you know, 24 years old, he's playing for FC Cincinnati. I think he's leading the league in goals or very close to it. Uh, very good Cincinnati team this right? year. He's one of the so, main players, yeah. He's been awesome up front. I think Zendejas, who plays in Mexico, um, he was a, a dual citizen. He chose the U.S. I'm excited to see him. And then definitely uh, Senora, is, uh, right? Senora is how you pronounce that. The guy that also plays Senora. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, plays for Juarez. Um, so him in the midfield, I think those are the three guys I'm looking at. And for me, Jesus Ferreira has got to be the one that starts every single game. He's mm-hmm. been on fire in, in the MLS, probably the leading goal scorer in the MLS, like, over the past three years, um, you know, I made that stat up, but I'm sure it's very, very close if it's not true. So the talent's here. I think the firepower's here. And, you know, outside of the, the couple of teams we're going to talk about, there there shouldn't there should be enough time for them to get their legs under them, gel a little bit and come into form. Yeah, I think for me, the the only question mark here is just the midfield. You know, I haven't seen a lot of those guys play for the you know U.S. team so far. Defense, I think you can have you pretty, you know, pretty decent confidence. You got some experience back there. And then, as you mentioned, Nick, I think the forwards look pretty strong. Uh, Ferrer's great. Jordan Morris, I think he always shows up. So I, I think you you can pretty much count on those guys to carry their their portion of the team. Um, it'll just be kind of how well this midfield comes together and, and how they perform. Very fair. Yeah, and I think from the U.S. perspective too, there's guys with European experience in that mix. Even though they're in MLS now, you think of Miazga played in Europe for a long time. Um, James Sands spent some time on loan at Rangers last season, um, younger player, um, also a, a local kid for us here in Westchester. He's hails from Rye, um, which is always uh, pretty cool. Um, but there, there is that, um, experience. Yedlin has European experience. And I look back at the gold cup roster when the U S beat Mexico in the final two years ago, which was the last edition of the gold cup. A lot of these names are, are still around, right? It was Matt Turner and goal, Reggie Cannon at right back. James Sands and Miles Robinson were both on this team. George Bello. Um, Williamson Acosta is a name that's not here. He's he was uh with the club, uh, with the team at the World Cup. Uh, Leggett, Ariola, Zardis, and Hoppy. So, some turnover, but guys like Busio came off the bench. So, this is a tournament where the U.S. has in the past few editions, especially with the, the Nations League and the Gold Cup in the same summer, done this kind of roster building in this way where you kind of get your second tier players who you want to get looks at the international level in a pressure pack situation. Um, without kind of watering down your, your a squad, I guess is a way to put it. And and it's a good opportunity for some of these guys to make an impact. And I think Ferreira, like you said, he's got eight goals and 18 caps for the U S national team. He's a guy who, um, not many starts in, in those numbers either. looks right. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think some of those names you pointed out are ones to keep an eye on. And I think the thing, since we're on them, we could talk about the other team in their group, because I think in terms of like second best team in a group, they might have the, the toughest one, which is Jamaica. Uh, when you look at roster, because Jamaica has some names and and you'll, you know, when I read some off, you'll recognize them. We have uh, Ethan Pinnock from Brentford. Brentford had a great season this year in the Premier League. You have Leon Bailey from Aston Villa. Um, um, Damari De- Gray from Everton. He just, recent uh, switch. Recent switch from England, right? Because uh, he was dual citizen. Mikel Antonio from West Ham. I mean, you got guys that have big experience in the premier league. And then you have a mix of MLS players too, who you might recognize guys like Kamar Lawrence um, from his Red Bull days. He, I didn't realize he's still with uh, Minnesota right now. Um, Andre Blake, the keeper 
So there, there's guys that have MLS experience, but I think they're the team that maybe top to bottom isn't as good as the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, player for player. But I think that forward line could cause problems for somebody. Yeah, and Coach, you, you left off one of the Kicks Picks Pod legends, Bobby D. Cordova-Reed, who was a oh, I automatic shot on target prop play of the week pretty much two or three weeks every month he's in there so let's not yeah. forget him he had a great year for fulham i think he'll probably get us another i don't know two or three shots on target per game so if you if you can find those props on your book for for the gold cup absolutely get it um and then my guy i gotta, gotta give a shout out andre blake you gave your shout out for westchester andre blake yukon legend uh had many great seasons being the keeper for for yukon for uh i think it was 2010 to 2013 somewhere around there so Shout out, sound on Andre Blake. Sure hands, always solid in the net. Yeah, Nick, what do you make of this team, dude? More than half of the roster plays in England, it looks like. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Uh, Jamaica, yeah, they're. I know they're an interesting team. I, I read a quote from uh, John Herdman the other day saying they're the most, he's saying they're, they're one of the more talented teams in CONCACAF. Obviously, when a coach says that sometimes, especially the way they word, they word it, oh, they're one of the more talented teams. Yeah, you could say that about any team. They're all professional footballers. But uh, no, like even just reading off the names, uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, players who play in the Premier League. Like it, it looks like this is probably their best roster, you know, unlike yep. you know, Canada, U.S. And, yep. and possibly even Mexico. They're not sending their best roster like this is probably their best team. Obviously, they're not a team that has really made an impact in CONCACAF in recent years. Um, you know, they, they were just in the last round of um, a World Cup qualifying but I remember when Canada played there, like the pitch was like atrocious. Mm. So when these guys are coming over from England and playing on that atrocious, atrocious, awful pitch, <laughs> like uh, they're not going to do so well. But uh, no, yeah, they're. I can see how they're one of the dark horses of the tournament. Yeah, listen, Scotty, I'm I'm going to have you back me up here. I think from just a strictly betting perspective, uh, we haven't gotten into Canada yet, but Canada and Jamaica get my money. They're at plus 1,400. Um, it's just it, it, like it's almost disrespectful when you're looking at Mexico at plus 160. I think this Jamaica squad is better. So I think if you're pushing your money towards the future, it has to go to one of those two teams. And I think plus 1,400 is pretty good value. The only downside for them is, that, as Steve mentioned, they're in a tough group with the U.S. I, I think whereas some of the other favorites have a little bit of an easier time getting out. Yeah, I mean, they, they should get out just because I'll just real quick. It's Trinidad and Tobago and then St. Kitts are the other two sides. Yeah, but it's only got to go wrong one match. Yeah. You know, if, if you think they lose to the U.S., I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. Those guys should not be losing to St. Kitts or Trinidad and Tobago. I don't think they will, but it shouldn't even be close. And it's it's not even like they're going to be playing on like one of those uh, horrible pitches that you're going to get the unlucky bounce that that ruins it. Right. Like in theory, you're playing an MLS pitches, so it should be OK. Yeah, but so I think you mentioned. Oh, oh guys, I thought you were done. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, from from a talent standpoint, I think I, I agree with you, Nick. It it definitely makes sense. I think the the question is, especially with something someone like Jamaica, like a lot of these guys, they don't have a lot of time spent playing together, right? So, if you look at Mexico, they have a lot of guys that have that have you know played not just necessarily on the same team, but um, you know, in, in a lot of the same matches, they can you know have a lot of the, the anticipation and and the you know, sixth sense, so to speak, that will allow them to play a little bit better as a, as a cohesive unit, then maybe you might get from D Cordova, D Cordova Reed trying to feed Antonio or, or Leon Bailey, for example. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think the one thing with having four or five regulars in Premier League, the speed of the game won't scare them against the U.S. or, or Mexico if they run into Mexico or Canada. They're going to be well-prepared. And in some ways, those players are more well-drilled in terms of like the pressure situations in some of these U.S. or Canadian or Mexican players just because the, the teams they're on, right? You know, Villa had a really good year. I mean, these guys are going up against the big boys every week and they went toe-to-toe with those big sides in the Premier League. Uh, Brentford did as well. Pinnock, you know, Brentford had got some big wins and he's playing the center defense against some of those really top strikers in England. It's fair, but Premier League style of play is completely different to CONCACAF. So they they have to adjust. You know, the other teams don't have to adjust to them. They've got to adjust to CONCACAF. Yeah. Especially when you get the refs involved too. Yeah. They're going to be getting the shit to mess. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess we move to Mexico next because Nick has been referencing how they're the favorites and how it shouldn't be. Uh, just fired their coach, right? Their manager. Um, what do you have, have about you know, four games under his belt? Yeah, he was fired back. I mean, he was hired not too long ago, right? Post World Cup hiring, and yeah. that was at Christmas time. And then here we are in June, and now they're onto their second manager post World Cup. It's Jaime Lozano. Um, I don't know if there's any relation to Chucky there, one of Nick's favorite players. Yeah, it's his dad. <laughs> no, it's not. I made that um. Up. But you look at the roster, there's not a ton of names that jump out at you. I mean, Edson Alvarez plays for Ajax. You have, of course, Ochoa, the keeper, who was at Salernitana this year, 137 caps. He's he's a legend for the Mexican national team. Um, Antuna from Cruz Azul has got 45 caps. Pineda from, uh, he's at AEK Athens right now, 54 caps. You have some guys with experience, you know, Martin, 33 caps. But none of the household names like the Velas of the world right that jump out at you the chicharitos of the world that in years past you've come accustomed to seeing on mexico one name that jumps out at me is um the the younger striker santiago jimenez because roma played Feyenoord in the quarterfinals of the europa league so i did my you know research on Feyenoord, and i, I saw he had a really nice season for Feyenoord, who won the Erdevice. um so he's one to keep an eye on if he ends up getting more minutes than he did in the nation's league um but what do you make of Mexico? Because like I said, not are they just in that transition phase or is Mexico just that down right now? Yeah, I think it's a oh that that's you gave me like a, are they bad or are they really bad question? And and I'm I'm in between. I mean, I think they're really bad. Uh there is some talent here, uh, but it just like you said, it, it's you know, there was always two, three, four household names on this squad and you just rifled off some names and I'm looking at the roster as we speak. And that's just not there. Um, I think coaching instability really has hurt them. Um, You know, I think what their last three coaches or three of their last four coaches have been Argentine. Um, You know, maybe that was thought of as good at the time, but didn't seem to work out for these players. Nobody liked him. The, the media certainly didn't like them. Um, So I think they had tougher times and, maybe they had hoped for even with some talent. So I, I think the coaching instability really hurts them. Um, the one thing I'll say, you know, they have, I think 14 of this 23 man squad are, is um, playing in Mexico. So that could benefit them, right? That's another league that is about halfway. Or, I don't know if it's halfway through, but it's, you know, in process or just finished. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, th- they'll be in form. Um and, and hopefully they'll be able to gel a little bit more, but I don't know. I, I mean, they're not super young. They're not super old, but it seems to me like everybody's kind of like in limbo, right? 26, 27, 28. I, I don't know where the bright spots are. I am just trying to pick it out and I don't really see it. 
I got one bright spot that I'll point to, and it's just that there's a lot of players on this roster compared to some of the other ones that we've seen that have the 20, 30 games under their belt already for their country, right? So I guess that's kind of my point. We talked about like the talent piece of Jamaica and how that shapes out. You know, these guys do have that experience already and, and they'll know what to expect, especially playing in a CONCACAF tournament like this. So yeah, again, not the the top of the, the talent, you know, pile, I guess, for, for, for Mexico in this cup, but it certainly has plenty of experience. And, and sometimes that's all that you really need, maybe not to win the whole thing, but you know, they should be able to at least make it pretty decent out of their group and decently far through the knockouts. I would say they have probably the biggest chip on their shoulder of any team here. That also for sure, you know, especially losing to the U S and the nation's league, there's maybe a, a little bit more of a, an urgency on their side than in a U.S. team to do well in this tournament. I was going to say what makes me laugh is that they're in a group with Qatar. Like, yeah, this isn't a CONCACAF team, but I, I, I know that CONCACAF has invited teams in the past. And I know Qatar played in a couple of these to get ready for a World Cup. It's just a bit interesting that they're still playing after uh, hosting the World Cup. But, you know, whatever. Well, they made it to the semis last time, right? 2021. Yeah, did they, I think they lost to the U.S. Yeah. That year. Yeah. yeah. They they actually have the 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 golden boot winner was on from from Qatar in twenty twenty one if I remember correctly. Yeah, Ali, right? Yeah, that so, dude. I mean, he's got, got like fifty goals for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one nothing to the U.S. They lost in the semis. Yeah, I, I mean, if they're, you're a country like that, and you're weak, trying right? to you're trying to build a program. This is a good tournament to try to build it in. Yeah, and right? if you yeah. think about Mexico's group, like they avoided Costa Rica, Panama, and Jamaica as the second team in their group. Um, you know, they get Haiti, Honduras, and Qatar. So they could be in a good position to kind of, I don't want to say coast because you never know, maybe Honduras has a, a good match against them or something. And, and you know, those Central American teams can get chippy with, with each other. I'm sure it'll be a, a kind of a rough and tumble match with Mexico because they all, they all gun for Mexico, those teams, right? The Mexico and the U.S. have the targets in their backs. But you would think that even with this roster that doesn't have those household names, they should have no trouble winning that group and maybe gaining some momentum, gaining some confidence. Because like you said, they do have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, I'm looking at the team that uh, played in the final against the U.S. just two years ago. I'm going to read off the the last names, and you're going to tell me. there's I, I don't know if there's anybody that's going to start in their first group stage match that started in this final. It was Talavera in goal, Luis Rodriguez at right back, Arajo and Moreno at center back, um, Gallardo at left back, Jonathan Dos Santos, Edson Alvarez, and Hector Herrera in the center mid. And then it's uh, Jesus Corona, Rogelio Funes Mori, and Oberlin Pineda in um, in in the attack. So I mean, who's, Alvarez who's, is the only guy. There? They're just Alvarez, right? Was yeah. the only one I think I named. So you'll get a heavy turnover. Guys that are going to be looking for to make a name for themselves with El Tri. I think that might be plays in their favor. And I think, like you said, after losing the the Nations League the way they did to the U.S. Um, and the way they went out in the World Cup, there's got to be, from the Mexican Federation, a lot of pressure on these players to perform here. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think what Mexico is experiencing is that they've been top dog for so long that they they were just that much better than the other teams in, in CONCACAF, right? I think, and we, we've seen it with the U.S., right? Prior to the last few World Cups, the U.S. was not a, a team anybody worried about playing. Canada hadn't been to a World Cup in forever, right? And those are the next two biggest nations in in the region. You know who's really th- who's really threatening Mexico, and now yeah. there's there's actually teams that are hitting back, and I think that's what Mexico is having to deal with. Um, you know, and, and yeah. I still think they're down because they would go to World Cups and make you know 
round of 16 and quarterfinal sure. here and there. But I, I do think they're starting to realize they're not the big boys in the block anymore, at least not the sole big boys in the block. Yeah, these other nations have started to take it a little more seriously. All right, so I think we move to Nick's team now. We, we'll skip over Group C for a minute. We'll go to Group D, which is Canada's group. They're in a group with Guatemala, Cuba, and uh, Guadalupe. So, again, not the uh, most intimidating group for the Canadians. Nick, I'll, I'll toss it over to you. What, what do you see on the roster that jumps out to you? Because like we mentioned before, no Davies, no David. Those are their two big names. I, I see Osorio's around. He's one of the, the mainstays. What else do you see that's got you feeling good about this team? Oh, yeah. What, what jumps out is the players that are missing. Uh, obviously David and, and Davies are, are the main ones. Um, it was to be expected. They do have to, you know, go back to Europe. They have, uh, you know, training camp ahead of them and all that. Obviously can Canada can rely on these guys to be at gold cups because of when they're played. I'm sure if Canada qualifies for the Copa America next year, they're going to be there. Yeah. They're going to be playing. Cause that that's a tournament that that's gonna be a fun tournament. If, uh, you know, mix of uh, South America, well, pretty much all the Americas, but anyways, getting out, uh, getting off track uh, with this roster. Um, I mean, like Canada is kind of just doing with, you know, they're dealing with what they have, right? Obviously when your, your two best players are, are uh, taken out like, uh, and, and Tejan Buchanan as well, three best players taken out off the squad. Um, you know, you're going to have other players come up that aren't, so much household names obviously the main you know there still are some players from the world cup regular starters for me um i think estacchio and adekube are the players that really have to i wouldn't say carry canada but they really have to like elevate their game even to the next level uh they're they're they might be the most important important players on this roster um i talked about him before steven vittoria he's you know he's a He's a pretty good defender at the back. I mean, he's 36 years old. He is slowing down. Uh, Kamal Miller as well. He's 26. He plays uh, plays for your team, Nick. Yeah, he's, he's been got, awesome, actually. Yeah, got traded there this year from uh, CF Montreal. I was pretty disappointed in, in that trade. Uh, so, like, look at the, the defense. I know their defense isn't good to start off with, but they didn't, like, lose, lose any important pieces to that. Like, it's their regular defense. For me, it's where these goals are coming from. Uh, that's really the big question. Like, Adekube could only do so much on the left side. Obviously, they still have Junior Hoylet. They still have Lucas uh, uh, Cavallini, their striker, their number nine. But uh, they have a lot of young guys on forward. And I think one name that that stands out, and I was just looking at it before, uh, Jason Russell Rao, uh, 20 years old. He plays for Columbus. Uh, 20 games this season, two goals for Columbus. But he had 21 goals in 19 games last year uh, for Columbus Crew, too. So, Wow. MLS next pro, um, which, you know, I've, I've obviously never seen him play, but you know, if a guy scores 21 goals in 19 games in MLS next pro, like he's probably decent. Um, and you know, I, I saw an interesting tweet, like last gold cup, you know, still no David, no Davies. It was Tejan Buchanan that stepped up. So I wonder if maybe he could be that player. I don't think there is a player of Buchanan's talent on this team that, is really going to like make his mark the way Buchanan did in, in uh, two years ago. Like he scored a crazy goal against Mexico in the semifinal. And, you know, he, he earned his move to Europe, uh, not only through that tournament, but also his play in MLS. Uh, you know, look in the midfield, uh, Jonathan Rosario, as you said, Steve, like he's, he's, he's 
one of the uh, better players, but I think between him and Ostakio, uh, they're really two important players. Uh, one name who's not there is Samuel Piet, who plays for uh, CF Montreal. He was on the World Cup roster, didn't play. Um, like he's he's a box box player. Like he's your average player. Like he's nothing special. So he he could be hurt right now. Um, and also he hasn't been playing much for CF Montreal. So maybe that's that's why he ha- he didn't get the call up. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's not like a convincing roster. Um, but I I do see it how it, it's an experimental roster too. Like there's a there's a lot of young guys. Like uh, there's only four or five players over the age of thirty. Uh, about. 70 under the age of 25 and so yeah uh you know with with everything that canada is going to go through in the next few years obviously no world cup qualifiers you know this tournament is important we got the gold cup this year uh nations league coming up in the fall hopefully uh uh copa america next year and then once again there's gonna be a gold cup in 2025 so this is really the opportunity this is early showcasing for 2026 if these guys want to play in a home world cup yeah and i think you made a great point with the earlier with the david the davies of the world like copa america next year those guys will all be there right if if canada's there us is there mexico's there all their big players are going to turn out because that's the the closest thing to a world cup any of these guys will play in coming from north america and and getting the likes of brazil or argentina or colombia so I think that's where they're going to focus their energies and, and take time away from their European, you know, preseasons. And, and it's not for this tournament and that's not to knock this tournament too much, because I think maybe the 2025 edition right before the world cup, then you're balls looking at wall. balls to the wall, right? Because you're looking at guys that want to earn their spots. You're going to look at, you know, how can we mix it up? Maybe the gold cup throws a, an invite or two instead of to a Qatar, they throw to somebody else to try to maybe add a little, little something else into the tournament because these teams, they're not going through qualifying. So these players aren't going to be getting any like pressure packed matches, right? Except for Copa America, gold cup nations league. So I think after this summer, I think you'll start to see these teams ramp up a little bit because that's, that's where they're going to see their players besides playing in Europe or MLS or um, the Mexican league, you know, league MX that, that that this is, this is going to be, I think a bigger deal in 2025, but um, we covered the four teams that we really we targeted as probably the teams to look out for. I mean, anything in terms of Costa Rica, Panama, any of these teams, I mean, they're like the I guess like the the third and fourth teams in the odds. Any anything jump out to you? I know there's no more Kaylor Navas. Um Costa Rica doesn't have Campbell anymore. Like those names that used to be the guys that made their mark. Still in the squad. Is Campbell still in the squad? I thought he was. He feels I mean, like he's like 500 years old, but he could well, be. But I know, I I know Navas wasn't on the squad. I, I oh, he's there. Roster. Joel Campbell is, is there. Yeah, he's only. Oh, and, wait, I'm going to do you one there. better. He's only 30 years old. Is he really? Only 30. You got. <laughs> well, I guess he is still there. And I guess he's not that old, but um, no Navas, right? Which he's been their their workhorse and goal for so long. Um, I don't know. To to me, that I'm a little surprised at plus 500 there. Yeah, and, and they looking at their average age, they look to be one of the younger squads of the whole tournament. Um, a lot of guys in their early 20s looking at one, two, three, four teenagers on the squad. Um, Almost everyone is uh, domestic, too, in Costa Rica. Very, very, very different Costa Rica than I think we're used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, the, what do you got? You got one guy playing in Turkey. Um, you got one guy at Gil Vicente in, in Portugal. 
and then it's it's mostly domestic guys. So that that that's interesting that they're plus five hundred. Um, Panama's a team that sometimes can make a little noise and make make a little run to like a semifinal tournament like this. You know, a couple of MLS guys. They're they're a little more all, all over the place in terms of where they play, but um, I, I don't see these teams being favored ahead of Canada or Jamaica really based on roster. No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, there's there's not really anybody else that seems to worry me here at first yeah. glance. Are we are we ready to make our official kicks and picks future pick? Or are we we going through a few more rosters, coach? Because I think I know where I'm going. I don't think any other rosters are worth going through if you're looking for a <laughs> yeah. future, right? I think we covered everybody. That's so so Nick, maybe have a shot. Nick mentioned that we're down to basically Canada and Jamaica. Nick, where are you where, if you had to pick one of those, where are you leading? And and pretend that the other Nick is not here rooting for Canada silently. <laughs> yeah, gun, no, gun to my head. I, I have to go Jamaica, and that's only because okay. Canada has disappointed me. And and I don't mean that as a country they disappoint me, but in the World Cup, um, we had a couple of futures on them, and I think one of that one, the main one was to score more than two and a half goals in the tournament, and they did not get it done. So I am still feeling the burn. From Canada's performance, I, I think part of it had to do with they faced off against Croatia, and I've gotten every single Croatia game wrong my entire life. But um, I'm still feeling a little burned by Canada, so for that reason only, I would make it Jamaica. Yeah, I would agree only just because I think there's a little bit more upside with with Jamaica's roster. I'm not entirely sold that they come together and they play well like a like a well oiled machine. But hey, who knows? Maybe maybe they've had enough time playing together in England or against each other in England that it kind of works out. And if, if that does come together, then I, I think they're probably as good as anybody in this, in this uh, tournament. So at plus 1400, I think with the upside they have, that's probably where, where I'd be leaning. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite to win the tournament is still the U S but if you're going to take a shot on a future with a team, that's especially with these kind of numbers, I, I think Jamaica is the one just because of where their players are playing. The fact that they didn't get a shot at the world's cup, they didn't get a shot at the nation's league tournament. I think they'll be hungry. And I think they have players who have, played in pressure situations in the premier league that um, give them a little bit of an advantage in, in certain matches. But uh, that's a good lead into our first round of matches because they start with the U S. So I think that's going to tell a lot. I think that could be a match that really builds up their psyche or it could really be a match that hurts their confidence. And maybe they, they kind of spiral the wrong way because um, they play the U S first U S minus minus one forty, Jamaica plus three fifty. Other match in that group, Haiti plus 245. Uh, rather, that's not the other match in the group, is it? No. Um, they don't even the have other the match other match. The other match is St. Kitts and Trinidad yeah. Tobago, so I wouldn't even have odds up yet. Off. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I was looking, I saw six matches for four groups. I was like, something's not here, and it's that's one of them. Um, other first-round matches that have odds, Haiti, Qatar, two, plus 245 for Haiti, plus 115 for Qatar. Uh, Mexico, minus 170 against Honduras, who's plus 475. Um, Costa Rica, Panama, which is the big head-to-head in Group C, plus 180 for Costa Rica, plus 170 in Panama. Uh, Guatemala, minus 205 against Cuba, plus 600. And there are no odds for Canada's first match of this tournament. Brutal. So um, what I would say, uh, I was saying this to Scott before we got on, like I would almost be inclined to just take every, like parlay every single favorite from the odds you just listed, because I think every favorite probably wins that matchup. I think the U.S. is going to have a, you know, maybe a tough time. Jamaica double chance is plus money. Um, I mean, that's not really a bad bet. Um, but J- Panama just being the favorite over Costa Rica, and I only flip flopped on this when you read off their roster. I think just shows you how 
poor this Costa Rica roster is. Yet their uh, future the fact- is better than Panama's by like double right. the money, right? Like, and I think the future is probably a little outdated. I mean, it was tough to find. Uh, we usually use DraftKings for all these odds, and they didn't even have futures listed, so uh, we had to do a little bit of scouring. So uh, those futures might even be a little outdated. But I, I, I'd be inclined to believe that of those five matchups, the favorites win in every one. Yeah, I think the only concern I'd have with USA Jamaica is that it was the first round of a knockout, and it's the two teams that are heavily favored to advance. A draw works for both of them. Sure. In that regard, Jamaica Jamaica double chance chance is plus 115. I don't think that's bad. Um, I could totally see them both walking away with, you know, a point in this one and being satisfied. So just because of that, I think, you know, I would lean away a little bit away from that. I do also like totals in this because we also know a lot of times these opening matches tend to go under. So there's a few unders out there. I think uh, Mexico Honduras under two and a half is minus 120. I think that's also pretty, pretty sound. Um, You could probably, you could parlay that. Canadian Qatar. Costa Costa Rica and Panama, for example, like that yeah. game has to go under. That's like a, a Lazio versus Roma match. Like that's just screams <laughs> under to me. So I, I just, if you want to do the parlay, pick a few of those and, and put them together. Nick, I guess the big question I have for you is the three of us, we're all going to, we're going to sell you Venmo you right now, $33 each. We're giving you a hundred bucks. Are you putting that hundred bucks on Canada to win the tournament? Absolutely not. Don't, <laughs> don't. I Okay. that That's shocking for me to hear from you. No, I mean, uh, this team is is Davies Buchanan, uh, David. You know, even Alistair Johnson's another name. Uh, I didn't mention plays for Celtic. He's not he's not on the roster. Like if they didn't win the Nations League with this roster, like I don't trust them to win gold gold cup without it. Like, yeah, for sure. You know, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting money on them winning the group. Like they got really lucky with the draw. Yeah. Uh, you know th- that group's pretty easy. Like, okay, it's not a walk in the park. Like, they still have to go in and win three games. But, yeah. Uh, But then looking at the bracket, they have – they could go through Jamaica, Mexico, and then potentially U.S. in the final. So, you know. That's rough. Like, my expectation, like, I really want them to at least make it to the final. But if they get up a matchup against the U.S., like, it's not easy. Like, uh even mexico in the semis if they potentially meet them in the semis you know it'll probably just it's going to be what's going to happen what happened in 2021 where it was a shit show Concacaf referee mess you know because home game for mexico for the most part mexico exactly like yeah i don't i don't i'd be super happy for them to win but i don't expect canada to win at all man the other thing we don't have numbers on it but just a, a good betting angle for this tournament is cards i mean you could almost take the over in cards in every single game across the board <laughs> i think there was what 14 in that last u.s mexico game from yeah, from last week tons. yeah there was yeah. a lot <laughs> i mean you mentioned these matchups they're going to be chippy just something to keep an eye on all right so anything you guys want to throw in there before we wrap this, yeah uh, nick I, I, just uh, i mean i think for me that'll that'll do it on the gold cup nick we got we got European qualifiers. We got the under 21 tournament. We got MLS going on. Anything else you're going to be watching this year? Anything else you're keeping an eye on? Anything we should be looking out for? I mean, uh, the U21 Euros. I'm a, That's a tournament I like watching, honestly. Reminds me of the, like the World Juniors in hockey. You know, it's it it's good enough where, you know, these players, they're already playing on professional teams. like, And they're somewhat the future. But, um, yeah, I like... We'll see what happens with Italy. I mean, they they had called up Keane. Doesn't show up. 
Uh, I don't expect Italy to win. I really don't know too much. I didn't really look at the rosters or anything of the other teams. They're in a tough group. I think it's like Sweden. France is Nor- the first game. Yeah, France, France, Sweden, and Norway, if I'm not mistaken, their group. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, like they haven't won this thing since 2004. I don't expect them to win. Um, they have some good players on the team, like uh, like Tonali. Uh, but yeah, that, it's an exciting tournament. It's one of those tournaments. Anything could happen, right? Too. Um, yeah. You know, even it, it was nice to watch Italy in U twenty World Cup go all the way to the final. That that tournament, it's a bit harder because it's players that are under twenty years old. You know, not so much no tactics. Household, yeah, no tactics. Not so much household names or whatever, or names that we know. But uh, you know, they they just got beat by Uruguay in the final. And if uh, Italy could get to the final and win it in U twenty one, that'd be nice. But with the way the uh, Italian national team is going right now, I don't see that happening. It's just a loss after loss. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you they're plus 700 um, because I, I put some money on them, not because I think they'll win, just because I have to. Um, <laughs> I, I think Spain, England, and France were like the co-favorites. They were all in that like plus 500 range. Um, and then like Portugal and, and Germany uh, were kind of that second tier behind us. So um, it's like, all good, well-known nations. I mean, I think the Euros are always pretty tough, right? There's no really easy out. So um saw that today where Georgia took down Portugal 2-0. And, and there's probably people who are listening who have never heard of Georgia before last year. So um, just definitely an interesting tournament to keep an eye on. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sure they're one of the dark horses too. You know, they won today. They're co-hosting the tournament with Romania. And you always got to give that extra edge to the co-host, right? There. Yeah, that, that's definitely one thing I overlooked. Did not realize they were at home. Had I yeah. known that, I yeah. would not have bet this game. <laughs> so there you go. That's a foul on me. Um, Nick, dude, I mean, tell the listeners uh, how they could find you. Tell them about your show. I can tell you guys that, you know, been a guest on it, but three people who I consider friends, uh, not only very exceptionally knowledgeable people when it comes to college show, but three of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. So uh, please plug away. That's good. It's uh, nice to hear Nick. Thanks. Uh, especially because you hear our shenanigans in the, in the group chat all day, but uh, couch guys, I do it with uh, my cousin, Johnny and a good friend, Adriano. It's uh, find us the couch guys, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, listen to our podcast, Spreaker, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, it's where a Juventus fan, a Milan fan, and a Roma Napoli fan get together and shoot the shit. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, we, and we've, some had of the Steve, we've had Steve on guests. also, so maybe maybe Scott, if you if you if you uh, you're a big City F fan, you know we'll have to have you on in the future just to complete the trio. Listen, yeah. man, you pull pull him on anytime you need to talk the Premier League or Champions League. Dude is an absolute, yeah. absolute expert. Maybe when Roma play uh, Liverpool in uh, the Conference League next season, we can have a little. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, is there only one person on the screen right now that's in the Champions League next year? Wow. I think there is, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> all right, so you guys know where to find Nick and, and all the Serie A coverage you need in addition to ours, and we thank you for coming on and joining us and talking some Gold Cup and uh, – We'll see if any of our, our nations reign triumphant or if the, the odds makers yeah. know what they're talking about and Mexico ends up winning the whole thing again. I'll be the first to put my hand up. And I'd love to be wrong about my prediction of Canada not winning it. I, I would love to be wrong about that. So, sometimes I'm a bit negative with things like when Kiesa joined Juve, I was super negative. I'm like, hey, 
if it that works turned out, out to be right hey if i'm wrong it means it works out but yeah we appreciate it brother thank you so much for coming on thank you for your insight and uh let's enjoy this tournament yeah thanks guys i really appreciate it this was a great chat i had a lot of fun 